Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 116.5. As you may have noticed, we've been a bit quiet recently. Basically, everything is very busy at Day of Fun Towers, so we haven't been able to record one of our normal episodes. Didn't want to leave you hanging, though. So today, we bring you a bonus episode that first went out in autumn 2016 to our $10 Founding Father level patrons on Patreon. In this bonus episode, we played at being TV Commissioner, and if you would like to hear extra episodes like this, we've had some about our favourite products, some about our favourite books, then you can become a $10 level patron at our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica. So a big thank you goes out to our existing patrons, especially Margaret, Liesl, Grace, Rachel, and Sarah. Now, sit back, get in your time machine, and be transported back to autumn 2016. Enjoy the show. $10 Founding Fathers, welcome to your second quarterly bonus secret episode just for our most uh, generous and beloved, let's face it, Patreons. Patrons? Patreons. I haven't decided whether Patreon is the name of the website or the patrons. Who's to say? Well, thanks for patronising us either way. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, This is your autumn slash fall 2016 because, let's face it, everyone listening is in North America right now. Uh, congratulations to you. Uh, so, so it is. We're recording this in very late November, 2016. Um, sort of end of autumn, and then we'll get a winter one in the new year, and then a spring, and then we'll be back on schedule. Mm, it's pretty autumnal. I can see super autumnal leaf colours. Leaf colours. Yes, I can. The weather is identical to the weather it was yesterday when we recorded episode 90. Yes, yeah, so when you listen to episode 90, you'll be aware that this is only recorded 24 hours later. Uh, my bedroom window has steamed up a treat. Yeah, so my living room windows, there's a serious condensation issue right now. Yeah, it's quite bad. Black mould is what I'm saying. Ugh. No, not at all. Uh, I realised, why should I make it sound like I have mould in my house? <laughs> um, so last time we did the New York Times buy the book challenge... Uh, or quiz questionnaire questionnaire it's not really a quiz there were no right answers um, and it was real good fun uh, but this time we're doing a similar a, a similar sort of task based challenge um, inspired by our friends at the podcast appointment television hello yay hi team so they a couple of weeks ago did uh, a bit about making the next great TV program because loads of information had come out about how much making television costs and the um, culture website The Ringer had put together a challenge um, about how you could make the next great TV show uh, and giving you all of the information broken down by cast and setting and you have a fictional $250 which is basically $250 million. Basically they've taken all the zeros off. Yeah, or something. It's like, I can't remember, 2.5 million per episode. I'm not sure. Um, the main takeaway from what you learned on this is that the cast of The Big Bang Theory are incredibly overpaid for the quality of television they're producing. Raking it in. Um, Jessica is a Big Bang Theory viewer, but I think even you would agree yeah. too much. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think being paid a million dollars for filming 22 minutes of television for a 24-part series, that's too much. Yeah, but also, they uh, financially, they are ten times better than Andre Brower. And let's yes. think about that talent-wise. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, when you compare it like that, that's quite, quite upsetting. And no, no offence to the cast of The Big Bang Theory, I do enjoy it, but... <laughs> I don't, so you can have plenty of offence. But... You... Uh, Kaylee Cuoco are not worth 10 Gina Davises. No, she's not. No, she's not. I like Kaylee Cuoco. But I like Gina Davis at least 10 times more. Just putting it out there. Okay, so we have uh, set ourselves at this challenge. Um, We are pitching each other two television programs. One 45-minute program and one 22-minute program, except I think my 22-minute program might be another 45-minute one, but it's all the same. <laughs> that doesn't affect the cost at all. Um, no. And we've done it using this, so we each have a fictional 250... however, uh, 2.5 million or $250 to spend. $250 per show. Per show. And we get... Uh, so we'll be telling you who we're hiring, what the premise of the show is, and the various different costs. Jessica, would you like to start... What would you like to start with? I will start um I will start with my 42 minute program because that's the one that I wrote first on the page so you know that made sense to me. Okay, okay. Um have you got good names for yours? Uh I have a great name for one of them. I have a mediocre name for one of them and a quite terrible name for the other. And when I say a good name, <laughs> I mean disastrous. It's real bad. But we can I think we can workshop it because I'd sort of forgotten that they needed names until right before uh, the recording. So do you want to do you want to pitch me? I'm ready. I'm sitting here, I got a big cigar, I got a big fat wall wad of dollar. Well, good, because that kind of ties into my theme. Now, I realise that um, there isn't really any money left in my budget, but um, you need a a, um, a writer's fee for this, because this is based on an idea oh, what, my from idea? something that you once said to me. So, Whoa! Like, yeah. Whoa, Jessica. Not, not for it. No, not for a TV show, just for a life thing. <laughs> okay. It's not my Perspex Coffins, is it? Because that's mine. <laughs> no. Uh, that, that was my, that's my 22-minute uh, comedy. Um, no, you once said to me that it's a shame that they don't have the uh, the Hollywood studio system anymore because James Marston and Jane Krakowski would be like running away with it. <laughs> okay, good. Well, let's just put it this way: we've gone down a very similar route. <laughs> uh, and I said that popped into my head. I thought, oh my god, let's give them the opportunity they never had. Mm-hmm. So um, my forty-two minute special. I'd written studio time, and then I realised that sounded like adventure time. So maybe it would just be called studio system or something. I don't know. That's open to basically somebody else has to come up with a better name than that. And that's not even my rubbish name. So it's set in the nineteen fifties, which has cost me fifty dollars. Okay. Um, and it stars James Marsden for seventeen fifty and Jane Krakowski. Now Jane Krakowski was not on the list, but I slotted her into the twenty five dollar section because that seemed to be similar people. Okay. So they are the, the stars of the show and also of the studio that they are employed by, and they are the kind of uh, you know in the newspapers and the press, and they're always uh, you know they're writing all the stories about how they star in all these films together, and they're such a wonderful Hollywood couple. Except they're not really a couple because he's actually gay, and she is already married to Rob Lowe, who's cost me seventeen fifty. <laughs> yes. yes, she's married to Rob Lowe. <laughs> Um, so that's like awkward, but they but they are friends and they sort of get you know they get along even though they're they're always appearing in the paper as this pretend couple. Um, and then as the studio boss, um, who is actually very friendly in a sort of um, uh, Mr. Simpson sort of way, mm-hmm. um, from Singing in the Rain, uh, but is not really doing anything to deal with the fact that there are this pretend couple uh, is Ted Danson for twenty two fifty. Of course, it's Ted Danson. 
Then we need a few other um, other members of the the acting stable. So we have Jensen Ackles coming in at 1750, um, playing a similar character as the one he played in Dark Angel, but a 1950s actor. Um, harmless, but sometimes you want to smack him a little bit. Okay. Uh, and then we have a couple of chorus type girls. Uh, in the form of Zoe Deschanel for $13 and Lizzie Kaplan for 10 um, And they appear as a double act uh, to back up whatever it is that Jane Krakowski is doing, which is great fun. Um, and then slightly later in the series, we get, uh, for seventeen fifty went Wentworth Miller appearing as James Marsden's boyfriend. Good. I was really worried he was not going to have a boyfriend. Oh, no, he's fine. He's fine. Because Channing Tatum wasn't on the list. So. Yeah. I mean, I investigated <laughs> the uh, C-list Hemsworth, but he didn't. he didn't do enough for me. Originally, when we had this idea, I think I'd started to come up with an idea, but then I couldn't. I just couldn't remember what show I'd thought of because I thought of it several weeks ago that it was originally going to be Nate Richards' triumphant comeback to the small screen, mm-hmm. but uh, I just couldn't couldn't find a way to slot him in, and he's obviously not on the list, and he doesn't look like Harvey Kinkle anymore, so never mind. Yeah. Obviously, it's set in Los Angeles, but you never see Los Angeles because the entire thing is filmed on a studio backlot, so. It's not an empty room, which would have cost me $10, but it's like more in the kind of school hospital bracket. But what basically I had $24.50 left over. So I'm figuring that can be my studio backlot fee and um, the cast can have a whip round for the extra 50 cents. Yeah, needed to because also it it's like that if you're filming on a studio backlot, if you were filming in a studio anyway, that's probably quite easy. They have that. You just put a rail of, of vintage costumes outside and one of those oldie-timey lamps. Yeah, exactly. And um, hide the hide the, the golf buggies and you're fine. And then also I need $35 for the soundtrack because obviously it's going to have musical numbers. Have you done that as the soundtrack and not the live musical performances? thing is, it's not live musical performance. It is just them, like, miming along to something. Okay, cool. It's a set piece. <laughs> I originally had to put live musical performance, but then I figured that was more of a, you know, when the band turns up in at the bronze yeah. kind of situation mm-hmm. and also I couldn't afford it because I didn't have $20 I had to nix the $20 so I could have went with Miller that's fair enough at one point uh, it'll come up later in my next pitch but I nearly had to cut Mindy Kaling so I could have robots <laughs> I mean we've all been there <laughs> we've all been there every not a day goes by where I think sorry Mindy I've got to get to my robots in it was you you were the robots and the robots won um, I would just love to I think a went with Miller casting is perfect is he an actor I mean does he have what is his role do you know, I haven't decided. Originally, he was going to be an actor, but I think he doesn't need to be. I think maybe he could be a, uh, a, a hunky stagehand. Like, he could be... I think, so I think maybe, studio. yeah, he could he could wear, like, a flat cap. Oh! I was thinking maybe he could wear a vest. And that would mean that I he mean, was in the studio, because he was always yes. fixing lights. Yes. And doing doing useful, useful practical things. What I'm saying is, he is the, the Mikey to uh, James Marsden's Titus Andromedon. Yes, he... Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, Mikey. Oh, Mikey. What a babe. Not Mikey's grandma. No, that's horrendous. Okay. Um, <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah, but it's really funny. His grandma's a puppet. <laughs> I forgot uh, that. Sash suppressed it. Okay, would you like to hear my 45-minute drama deep I would. 45 minutes? You're, you're being less generous to the advertisers than I am. 42. Save myself some dollar. Um, well, I need those three minutes of advertising if I'm ever going to be able to afford to have them go outside. <laughs> okay, so mine... Uh, I, I would commission yours straight away, but unfortunately one of the actors I'm hoping is going to take my pilot instead. Right, right, So right. mine... <clears throat> uh, I don't know where it's airing yet. Mm, anyway, it's called Lucky Break. 
And right, Lucky Break is a 45-minute uh, program starring uh, James Marsden Perfect. as uh, a man who moved to New York to become a Broadway actor, but uh, it didn't really pan out at the time, so he was working in construction. But uh, unfortunately, uh, several years down the line, to, at the current age James Marsden is, he falls off a girder and breaks his leg. He breaks his leg. I get it. Yep, yep, yep. That's going to cost you $7, that pun. So I have already cost... Uh, $7 for my, my pun in the title, Lucky Break. Because he can't work, he uh, because of his broken leg and his job in construction, he has to move back home to the town he grew up in, and he has to work in the bar run by his dad, Scott Bakula, and his stepmother, Gina Davis. Oh my god, this is perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, he, he starts working at the bar, but then he starts singing uh, in the bar, um, which are my live musical performances, which are costing us $20. And from there, he starts building up his career again with the help of his former singing teacher, Mandy Patinkin, who is costing me $13. <laughs> uh, he reconnects with his childhood sweetheart, Ms. Tracy Ellis Ross, who is obviously also going to be able to sing because she's Tracy Ellis Ross, for $8. And uh, works with her younger brother, who is played by Jussie Smollett, who is the good one from Empire. Uh, he's only $2, so I could have had all of the Empire, the Lions children and cash to spare you know you can get all of their three empire boys for the cost of Regina Rodriguez so he and he's a pianist because he plays the piano on it. then you wouldn't have Gina Rodriguez yeah I know I'd rather have them and so he rekindles with Tracy Ellis Ross it's set in the present day so that's my five dollars it's in another North American city I haven't quite worked out where because it's probably going to take a lot of a lot of the setting is going to be in the bar or restaurant which is costing me a full fifty dollars but we're going to spend most of our time there in Scott Bacula's Scott Bacula's restaurant that he runs with Gina Davis obviously bar $50 for that $25 for my North American city I want it to be close to New York but not like I don't want him to have to go somewhere really far away so so they live in Pittsburgh yeah maybe I've also put in a $35 for soundtrack licensing because I think it's going to be a music heavy show and because I yeah. had the money to spare I thought I'd give him a cat which would cost $30 oh my god I didn't even think of animals yeah because yes, it's a, a non-fictional domestic animal I'd paid for too many too many backup I mean I could swap out Lizzie Kaplan but I think I like I like I oh no I, I think you need Lizzie Kaplan and Zoe Deschanel they have to come as a double act with their giant eyes with their giant eyes I've also got a pilot-only guest director of David E. Kelly. Yes, because oh, okay, I thought yep, he would it. set a yep. nice tone, but I didn't want him doing the whole show because I think he might be unhinged. So, so that is that is. Uh, if I that. could have afforded a name director, I would have had Brian Fuller. Mm, okay, I like it very much. Yeah, uh, of pushing Daisy's fame. Yes. Yeah, very good. Uh, so that is that is Lucky Break, and obviously he then his career builds, and he he gets back together with Miss Tracy Ellis Ross, and she sings, and obviously we'll end with him going to Broadway. But I'm hoping this is I think I'd like to get four seasons out of it because I don't like seven seasons; that's too long. But I want to get a nice chunk. It's too long. Maybe if I could have four slightly longer seasons, so we could hit syndication of a hundred <laughs> okay. episodes, or we could do four seasons and a final mini season to finish it off, which is him in New York and Scott Bakula being uh, very yes, proud of that's him. So nice. Just imagine going back to the bar where Scott Bakula and Gina Davis is your stepmom. Okay, so that's Lucky Break. $7 for that title, but I think worth every penny. Worth every penny. Oh no, I've just realised my 22-minute one has a slight pun in the uh, title, which I've just realised I can't afford, but it's so bad that it doesn't matter and I can call it literally anything else. Yeah, me too. I had to cut the title. Oh, my uh, Lucky Break cost $240.50 an episode. Uh, I mean, I nearly stuck in the extra Empire children just because I had more money, but I thought that was a bit weird just to be like, and I'll have these extra boys just turning up. They could be like the the beer delivery guys or something, like they turn up like 
We we need a Norman like is it Santa Bar? Maybe there are sort of Oh yeah, you need a norm a Norman a cliff. You know what it gives me? It gives me nine fifty to play with for guest actors later in the season. Yes, yes. But yeah, stu- studio system or whatever it will eventually be called, not that K or studio time came in at at, at around two fifty. Okay. Because I made up how much it was going to cost me to film in a studio backlog. And also, I'd, I think you might get Jane Krakowski for slightly less. I think I, I could, I maybe have paid over the odds for Jane Krakowski. You, would only pay, you should only pay her as much as you're paying James Marsden. Well, except that in the 1950s, James Marsden would have been paid $25 a show and Jane Krakowski would have been paid seventeen fifty, even though they're doing the same job. Uh, thank you. Yeah, but- so, balance. Yeah, no, that is fair. Um, I, I literally just skimmed down the list and thought, she's probably around here, and I hadn't looked at how much anyone else was costing at that point. This is great. I mean, it's very difficult that we're both trying to get James Marsden for our pilots. I'm sure it is. It is. You know what? We could try and I'm, I'm going to look at the list and see if there's anyone I can have as a backup for about the same amount. Oh, you want Rob Lowe as well. I wanted Rob Lowe, yeah. But you know, maybe we could have a, an alternating um, filming schedule, so one of us could do autumn and one of us could do spring. Yeah, that's true. I nearly right. If somebody, how much do I have left? Nine fifty. Nearly Michael Sheen was in it as his best friend. <laughs> Yeah, I knew. I, I I was scrolling through the list. I was like, "Oh, where can I fit Michael Sheen?" Yeah, there were ten dollars. I can't fit. I can't fit Michael Sheen in. I was like, "Must be able to fit him in somewhere." Oh, basically playing the um, the velocipede character the, from Wesley Snipes. Who would you think would yes, be called Wesley one. Snipes? Uh, yeah, I want him to have an English best friend who lives in the town still. And yeah, but, but with no explanation at any point Why of how he came to be there, how they became friends. Um, Nine fifty. Maybe I could. I mean, if I'm only having one cat, the thing is, if I cut the cat, I could have three Michael Sheens. True. But I thought it'd be but... funny if he had a cat. But it's also, <laughs> the cat is currently earning way more than James Marston because it's just a generic, non-fictional domestic animal price. And like, I think oh, it would be I the see. same if right. I were running a veterinary practice as much as I was having James Marston earning a cat. Let's move on to our sitcoms. Let's move on to our sitcoms. Okay, so my 22-minute sitcom is currently called Rock and Rolling Along, but I can't afford that, I've just remembered, because that would tip me $5 over. So um, let's call it literally anything else, because that's terrible. Okay. It is set in the present day for $5, and it is about a band on tour. Yep. So it's set on their tour bus. Yep, love it, love it. Cut, print, Emmy. Yep, yep. So I've paid $30 for the bus, because there is not a section for inside of a bus. Um, so it's going to be set on the inside of the tour bus and also generic backstage areas, which is basically breeze blocks painted grey. You know, yeah. that that's the look. You are getting you really know. good use out of unfurnished studios because you can easily turn one of I those mean, into a backstage thing. And it could be, um, you know how in Buffy they literally, they, they only had one um, corridor and they yes. just filmed it from different angles and redressed it to make the school look a lot bigger. Just do that. Just have. It was basically the road out of Pleasantville. You just kept coming along it. Exactly. Band are played by unnamed young female actors because they are not important in this. The the, the band themselves don't matter. Oh. They're like med- medium successful. Okay. They're not on their way up. They're not struggling, but they're not like Aerosmith or anything. Okay. But they are, they're fine. They're good. Their music is like accepted to be good, but they're what the, it's actually about, their support team. So... Are they a have... bit like the original concept for the West Wing or Veep where you don't see the band or do you actually see the band? Um, we, oh, I, had, I did think about it because I started it it was going to be about the band and I couldn't work out from the list who would be in the band and then how old they would be because mm. originally I had envisaged them being slightly younger but then um, I realised that you possibly didn't even need to see them because I was also casting everyone surrounding them Yeah. but I think they can be in it they, they could just, just be the next like the ones who have recently graduated from Nickelodeon Okay, yeah. So basically, we're wheeling the cast of iCarly. Isn't one of them about 40 anyway? Okay, not Spencer. Yeah. 
anyway, we cast a bunch of unknowns in that, and then that's fine. And that's they're basically free at this point. Mm-hmm. But they are not important, so that's fine. So we have, as their manager, for a full $50, Crack. Peter Dinklage. Oh, but that is perfect casting. Because, like, imagine what? how grumpy he would be all the time. Worth every penny. Yes. Having to be in charge of these girls and probably what they've done something ill-advised. <laughs> not, like, terrible, like, that. you know, those people, but they've, they've broken you know something. You know what? That is $50 well spent on exasperation. I, mean, I you know. <laughs> Emmy-winning exasperation. <laughs> Emmy-winning exasperation. Every cent. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, we have as their publicist Sophia Vergara for $25 yes Jessica I want to see this so badly <laughs> because she would then have to come in and deal with the exasperation of Peter Dinklage and also have to fight the fire of whatever like exasperating thing had happened also I would love to see then, Sophia Vergara and Peter Dinklage interacting then as a double act always appearing as a double act for twelve fifty a piece we have Kristen Bell as their makeup artist and America Ferreira as their hairstylist yes. Then there will see a bus needs a bus driver, so I'm afraid I also would like Scott Bakula for thirteen dollars. <laughs> okay, yeah, but that's perfect. He's basically going to be Meatloaf from Spice World, right? Basically, yes, that is that is the role that he is playing. Mm-hmm. He could, in theory, be one of the one of the band members' dads or something, but or he could be unrelated, but he could fulfil that kind of role for them. Like if they're on the road and they're stressed, you know, he could be dishing out sage wisdom in a dad-like fashion. But maybe I picture also, him being driver. quite a fervent pot smoker. Is this wrong? Um, he could be, but I was going down the more just kind of like paternal, paternal. Yeah, I don't know whether he was like an aged rocker, but he could be. That could be like a layer to his character. You can find out that he used to be a rock star himself, but he actually—he's not a fail. He just loves driving buses. Exactly, he's not failed. He was very, very successful, and people do still recognise him. But he just really enjoys driving the bus, so he does that. So he, yeah, he—he—that was his—that was his life choice. Um, and then for ten dollars, ten dollars uh, as the label boss, we have Andre Brower, who um, appears either in person on the bus or via Skype to um, inform them of either something exasperating that has happened, or they need to do, or to like give them orders along the lines of, so these this deal has to happen, and you need to get the girls to this place to do this thing, and it's always like a race against the clock or something really impossible, but they always pull it off. Jessica, this is an absolutely genius program, and I can't believe no one's made it yet. <laughs> I know. Um, and then, $35, but everyone's got to eat. Doing the catering is Drew Barrymore. <laughs> And she could she could maybe have like an adorable small child in tow. I haven't decided, mm. but I didn't I I didn't look on the list to see if maybe that would cost me more money. But then I figure maybe not. Maybe the child could turn up every so often. It's known to exist, but it's not in there all the time. But not in a like Emma from Friends way, because that's just really stupid and annoying. Yeah. Um. Then I so said I've paid thirty dollars for the bus. I have paid twenty dollars for the live music because that will have to happen at some point, and also thirty-five dollars for a soundtrack. And that, if we nix the title, comes in at two hundred and forty-eight dollars. Okay, amazing. I mean, there's no way I'm not commissioning that, even though it's got half the cast of both of my shows. <laughs> Great. Okay, so mine is currently down as a sitcom. I reckon it could be a sitcom. I'm concerned about the number of people I've cast and the bizarre setup. So it's called Just Three Normal Women. And uh, here is the premise. Gina Rodriguez, America Ferreira, and Zoe Deschanel are spies. Uh, right, yep. So that's $6, $12, $50, and $13. America Ferreira is nominally in charge, and Zoe Deschanel is a whimsy-free scientist spy. But they're kind of inept and hilarious. <laughs> whimsy-free. Yeah. So she's playing an a angry trillion. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but they're, they're kind of... 
they're kind of inept, but they're kind of... It's basically, if I could pay for the intellectual property, which I can't because of the number of actors I've cast, it would be a live-action version of the cartoon Totally Spies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I can't, so we just it just happens to be... That's why they're just three no, three totally normal women. It's the, just three totally normal women is the title of the show. And it's not Brilliant. based on Totally Spies, but there are three women and they are spies. And they're also not teenagers. <clears throat> they wear un- or, um, uh, un- brightly coloured unicards. Different coloured unicards, yes. Uh, maybe, no. But So it's set in the near future. This is the cost... I mean, it's probably set now, but near future allows me to have their gadgets because they're going to have loads of gadgets. It's set in LA yes. for $55 because I couldn't afford New York and the near future is $50. Uh, I paid for a soundtrack... Uh, which is $35, because I think we need a lot of upbeat musical moments for them to do their spying to. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I, I cut the the intellectual property has been struck off the list because I didn't have it. But <clears throat> here are, here is the rest of the cast. So those are our three main women. They're spies. Uh, Andre Brower is the big bad. He's like the big the big evil dude. Uh, and Kristen Bell is his henchwoman. <laughs> and they're what's fighting. Jeffrey Tambor is their is their like Alfred style butler guy who looks after them yep. all. Um but because he is probably not gonna be a main part, I'm hoping I can knock him down from seventeen fifty to seventeen dollars because otherwise I'm over budget. But I think he could take a pay cut for a smaller role. Maybe he could be uh an Edward Herman style special appearances by. Yes. Uh Viola Davis is their spy mommy who looks after them all like she's in charge of the So while while uh Jeffrey Tambor is like Alfreding them. Viola Davis runs the spy agency, yeah. and Mindy Kaling is her lackey. I'm thinking maybe like Emily Blunt in The Devil Wears Prada. Yes, but dressed exactly like Mindy in The Mindy Project. She should always be wearing the of amazing course. clashing prints. So there are a lot of people. So Andre Brower and Kristen Bell are the bad guys, and Viola Davis, Mindy Kaling, and Jeffrey Tambor are the, the good guys. And then Gina Rodriguez, America Ferrera, and Zoe Deschanel are my spies. <laughs> And there's it. a lot of like wacky adventures, and like there probably is going to be. So originally, I wanted to call it "Spies Before Guys," but I couldn't afford the pun either, which is why it's now <laughs> called just three totally normal women, um, because I want it to be about them kind of pretending to have this normal life. And it's not like they're oh, we're trying to balance our normal life. They're really bad at pretending to have a normal life because they're really good spies, but they're also kind of inept, adorably, but successful. I love it. But like perfect, fun, fun friendly female adventures, um, and that comes to two hundred fifty dollars fifty. Unless Jeffrey Tambor will save me fifty cents an episode. Yeah, sounds good. I would definitely watch. Mm, mm. I mean, I think actually your sitcom. I I would I would give up my cast to allow you to make your sitcom. Thank you. Um, I have downscaled the cost of a bus to the same as a school. They're very twenty five dollars as opposed to thirty dollars for an office because like really, which gives me back seven dollars to buy the which, three Empire uh, kids. No, which means I can afford to call. I can afford the pun to call it so busted. Oh, <laughs> yeah, totally worth it. Totally worth it. Or totally busted. So busted or totally busted. I think totally busted. Because something always goes like wrong. And they're on a bus. I'm like, oh, totally busted. And they're on a bus. And also there's a band called Busted, but who will never ever feature or be related in any way. Yeah. Damn, I really want to watch your bus program. I really want to watch your James Marsden in a bar program. Thanks so much. I'm really, I was like, oh my God. And Scott Bakula is his dad. And then... I was trying to work out all the people he could be related to that I could kind of cram in. Onto Brow was nearly in that one, uh, but I couldn't work out quite what to do with him. So he was... It really, I can't have Onto Brow in every program I pitch. Fair, fair. So that's why he's instead... And also because he's always playing cops, I thought it would be fun for him to play a bad guy in just three totally normal women. Admittedly, the network <laughs> will probably tell me to change the title. 
<laughs> but if they can negotiate near future down to high tech and save me seven dollars seven dollars fifty then i can have the pun title again yeah Kristen bell is really good when she's being evil see uh burlesque for reference see burlesque just see burlesque in general just just generally let's go go watch burlesque now yeah and imagine like jeffrey tambor in a butler's uniform and Viola Davis basically being her character from Suicide Squad, except nice and good and not surrounded by the worst thing ever committed to celluloid. Good, good, mm. yes. So basically not that. Well, I think that we have made at least four great programmes. That four four programmes that are better than several I have I have watched. Yeah, so. I mean, I don't understand how they're commissioning things like MacGyver or that terrible, what was it called? Bounce Brain. The one ball. ball. Bull. Not balls. Bull. It doesn't sound like a load of... It is a load balls. of bull. It's a load of bull. It's a load of bull. But, like, I can't believe they're commissioning bull and not my Lucky Break program with James Marsden breaking his <laughs> leg and ending up singing in a bar run by his dad, Scott Bakula. And Mandy Patinkin! And Mandy Patinkin. I know, I couldn't work out where to fit Mandy Patinkin into it because I had several contenders for the job of bus driver. But um, Scott Bakula was the first choice and was obviously going to win. Surely Wait, Mandy Patinkin can guest as one of their singing coaches. Yes. Or like they, he could be brought in. Yes. Like I'm sure he can get a good a good uh, guest role. Yeah, maybe they would need like security or something. Oh. Yeah, that could work. Spiritual advisor. <laughs> yes. If I can dig up some money from somewhere for uh, for the 42 minute show, which I think this problem could solve itself. But if we called it um, Studio Fix, then I could be sponsored by Mac, and then that could pay for the title itself. Okay. I'm just really excited, and I'm really glad. You know that that what have I knelt in? <laughs> oh god i have it's chocolate isn't it no it's, it's um it's what's one of those horrible cherries those bright Mar- merino marillo morelli you know maraschino maraschino cell i think i've got maraschino cherry juice on my knee from where i was wearing these while i was cooking how that happened wow. it's definitely fruity and not anything i feel like i've really spoiled the podcast by we were having a great conversation about Mandy Patinkin as our spiritual advisor. So, oh, I've got fr- got fruit, fruit smushed into my pajamas. Technically, this has loungewear. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I I really uh, and they could sing and dance all the time in your studio show. They could. Zoe Deschanel and Lizzie Kaplan would always turn up in um in matching outfits because yeah. they'd have just come off the background of some I'm thinking you know those little filming. really sideways almost beret type hats that they wear and things like that yes but like they maybe they would always look like they had just done um one like they just jumped out of a cake um at a Hollywood party all I do the whole night through is dream of you do 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 come the dawn still go on dreaming of you may every thought may everything may every song you'll ever sing summer winter autumn and spring and were there more than 24 hours a day They'd be spent as we content, dreaming away. Something, something, something blue, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. All I do the whole day through is dream of you. And then one of them throws a pie at somebody. Yeah. Well, if it isn't Ethel Barrymore, I'm, I'm pleased with our work. Yeah, me too. I wonder how we get these to network executives. I don't know. Unfortunately, only three or four people will get this episode. Maybe I'm <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure that they are high-powered studio execs. Yes, one of you just pass this along. Do people still have photocopies? I could photocopy my, my bit of paper that I've got. 
Um, I've only smudged it a little bit where I just dragged it along the little rubber foot on the bottom of my laptop. Do you know, but, you I know, do have a photocopy as part of, of my printer. It's got a little bit of crossing out, that's fine. Um, I'm sure we can work it up to a, a full pitch. You know those outfits that we wore to Grandpa's funeral where we look like uh, we're starring in an ABC show about lawyers? I think yes. we should wear those. And we should also do the back-to-back finger-pointing we did in that picture. <laughs> Everyone grieves in their should. own way. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, thank you very much for listening and for uh, patronizing us, uh, our beloved $10 founding father levels, patrons. Damn it. You are great. Thank you very much. You are the best. And we will speak to you in three months slash like quite soon on the regular episodes. Quite soon on the regular. Yeah. Catch me on the flip side. <laughs> Nailed it. Wow. Crushed it. <laughs>